Oh, bad clap. One more. That, oh, that. yeah. No. Jesus. I, I have, you, have you suddenly <laughs> lost cold? Are you having a stroke? I can't clap. Are you like someone who's lost cold? <laughs> this right. is one of those, the signs of a stroke. We should, like, you, have you seen this? Are you seeing that? By I the way, like Paul, I'll... leave this bit in. Like, you, he did clap. You can tell that this right. was the stuff. This is our new lead in. Okay, everybody. This I, th- Normally, when we start the podcast, it's, it's technical for the reasons why, but you always start with a clap. It's something that you do with audio recording. And, um, um, I would like to make... Uh, is there a doctor in the house? I because literally it, think I'm having a stroke. Yeah, Jeremy has lost the ability to clap. I missed my hand. Twice. Not once, but twice. Like, <laughs> do, do they, you know they have those adverts on the TV where they go, uh, have you, do you start to feel a bit wobbly? Does your eyesight go, you might be having a stroke. If, if, if three, three out of four of these things happen, call 911 now. That is you. I just, I need to make sure I can clap. Can to I, be, give to, it a try. To, to be honest, to be honest, with the amount of times I talk about about Colombo on this podcast we are not a million miles away from that I've fallen and I can't get up like We're demographic there, right? like all of my oh, favorite I understand I can't clap either <laughs> all of my favorite TV shows are running adverts for like shower chairs and stuff like that you know so- what I could use a shower chair standing for more than five minutes is very difficult <laughs> who is the um we'll start the show in a minute uh, there's a comedian, reasonably famous. I've interviewed him a bunch of times before, and I'm going to remember his name by the end of this podcast. But he's told, I know who it is. It's not even an old comedian. Jeff Dye. Do you know who he is? You've t- said the name before. I think I do. He's Let me look a it stand-up up. comic, and he did that show where he takes the old men uh, to uh, the Middle East. Not the Middle I've East. I've seen this guy um, before, yeah. The, to Thailand, where he goes to Thailand with like William Shatner. and um, Look at his wife. Is he married now? They're showing him next to some blonde no, girl. No, he's constantly next to some blonde person. Okay. His whole stand-up routine is about STDs. Oh. Gotta love those. But. Better Late Than Never is the, the show TV you're talking show, yeah, about. Yeah, where right. he goes to Thailand with like Shatner and... Um, Terry, Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw, George Foreman, and I mean, Henry Winkler. Can you imagine how much I love that show? What a show. It was a great show. Anyway, Jeff Dye, who's not old. He's probably late 30s. 38. Full, right. Wikipedia just coming through with all the knowledge. We'll start the show properly in a minute. Can I clap? No, well, apparently not. Well, this is when we start the show. <laughs> We're building up to the the payoff. To see when you sit in a room with radio consultants, as we'll be doing soon when they give us that new morning show. Right? Am I supposed to talk about that on the podcast? Yeah. The fact. Okay. I think it's allowed. When we get the new morning show, um, we'll be sitting with consultants, and um, they'll they always say. You know, you should tease something and then, like, make them wait for the payoff. So by the end of this podcast, we'll discover, is Jeremy actually having a stroke? Oh, no, I definitely am. I'm going to kill the lead there. (laughs) Jeff Dye said that his, like, how will he know when he's made it? What is his sort of life ambition? When does he know that he's going to be able to have a lifetime in comedy? And it wasn't about getting a TV series or anything like that. When he can have... A, a seat in the bath like a sit down shower that was that was his, I made it yeah literally that was his I made it moment right. yeah I, feel, I mean I would say like when you make it as a stand up is when you don't even have to stand up anymore and you can go Tracy Morgan style and just bring a giant chair with you and sit every artist be them a stand up a singer a guitarist or whatever if they've got a degree of success and they start young it's probably about the time they're 40 when they're hitting middle age even if they're still running around secretly 
They want to sit down. Don't ever expect me to be one of those douchey radio guys that stands up while they do the show. That's horse shit. I'm forever sitting. They, um, I remember there was a radio station that I used to work for uh, many years ago back in Shitsville where they really took to heart that idea that um, if the jock stood up, the show was better because apparently if you stood up and spoke into a microphone, you had more energy. So they built new studios and they built the desks where the knobs and buttons are. Right, especially like a standing high. desk, right. So, it had to, so you had to stand up and there was a mutiny from the jock. So they then had to bring in high chairs. <laughs> one, of, uh, one of my friends, his fiance just got him one of those like standing desks for his birthday. And all I can think is like, so what, you guys are getting divorced before the wedding? what's going on here that's a gift (laughs) so anyway yeah i think from watching constant reruns of colombo and knowing the four signs of a stroke because that's an advert that they show very often during the the reruns of almost every tv show that i love now um the not being able to clap or that general like you should be how old are you now 29 at 29 you should be coordinated enough if you've got no prior problem to be able to make both the palms of both of your hands meet and a clapping sound you know they say like you ever go to high five someone and just miss completely they say like if you look at the elbow you'll never miss well if i'm doing both parts of it what elbow am i supposed to look at i can't look at both elbows at the same time okay now we're going to start the show properly do you think you can manage a clap i don't think so now now i think it's in my head all right let's give it a try three two one hey that that was a clap did you america Jeremy will not be having a stroke at least until tomorrow. Yeah, I'm definitely having a stroke eventually. <laughs> oh, you definitely look like someone who's primed for a stroke. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I've, uh, we talked about on this podcast, like I've tried to lose a bunch of weight. You've like I work, you, I you work out five weight. days a week, but I have not lost a pound, not a pound in the last month. Oh. Like it's just completely, I'm at 225, no matter what. I'll, at the beginning of the week, I'll be at like 227, 228. By Friday, after working out a week, I'll be at like 222. And then the weekend comes. And lately on weekends, I've been going into what I like to call rage mode. Right. And the thing about rage mode is, is like... Killing in the name, bomb track, know your enemy. Exactly. It, everything, anything and everything can go into your system during rage mode. Oh, they're the rules. But nothing good and healthy ever goes oh, into right, your system right, during rage right. mode. So throughout Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I get right back up to 228. So the average, I'm like 225 But maybe now. you're a bit lopsided. Maybe you're not equal. That's why your hands couldn't be. Like one side of you is fatter than the other. Right, yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm only working out the right side. <laughs> Which is, of course, the hand I jerk off with and all the exercise I'm getting. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but it's... Yeah. All right. Let's make an uncomfortable transition from that into the obituary for Norm MacDonald. Oh, I think that's actually the perfect he transition. Would he this. would have loved he that. Would, if he's looking down from wherever you go, he's going, that podcast that did six minutes on a 29-year-old having a stroke because he couldn't clap and then went, oh, Norm MacDonald died of cancer. He's like, ah, I wish I got to stick around and listen to that one. <laughs> so I'm aware of Norm MacDonald not as aware as I should be because um, I feel like a lot of the, the, the peak of his work was done um, when I was 
wasn't living in a proper country, but I knew who he was, and I, I've, I've got friends uh, like yourself who um, think that he was uh, a was, genius. Was, yeah, well, definitely very funny, and and the best person at Weekend Update on SNL. Well, without question. I mean, if you're gonna take the history of SNL, there's been a ton of great uh, Weekend Update hosts, but when even Chevy Chase and the guy who replaced him, Colin Quinn, who are probably the two, the second and third greatest of all time. Right. All put it towards Norm. I mean, I, that holds a lot of weight. And I mean, he probably would have done it for 10, 15 years if it wasn't for, you know, a couple of poorly timed OJ jokes. Were they poorly timed? No, though? they I, were. Per- I, I, the thing was, so the, the guy who was the head of NBC West Coast was this guy, Don Omeyer. Right. I guess he was really good friends with uh, OJ, so he didn't take too kindly to those jokes. So very much in terms of the OJ jokes on SNL, then... Uh, Norm Macdonald was ahead of his time because if he was doing it now with OJ on Twitter, I mean, it's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Well, what's great is I'm pretty sure over the last two, three years, if you go to Norm Macdonald's Twitter, there's definitely some OJ jokes there. Right. He definitely kept up with it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm surprised that they went as far as firing him, though. Like the guy that ran SNL or, sorry, NBC, the, the exec at NBC, he couldn't have just gone in and gone too soon. Yeah, well, the, it's actually, it was kind of a blessing in the, disguise. The head's he got. barely been disconnected from the body. Too <laughs> right, soon. No, no, can't do it yet. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> and, and Norm McDonald's going, he's just brought out a book called If I Did It. Right, right. right. Well, yeah, because I think it was like a few years later. I might have the timeline wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it was like after the trial that he got fired. Right. But it, like, what I say is it ended up being a the blessing NBC in disguise. The NBC guy was like, see, he didn't do right. it. <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> He, uh, if he didn't get fired, we would have never had the cinematic genius that is the movie Dirty Work. Right. Now, this is something that I felt like I should have known about Norm MacDonald, and yeah. I'm ashamed to say that I didn't. So after being fired from SNL, Norm MacDonald made a uh, a movie Buddy. based on the Steely Dan song. No, not quite. So I, uh, as a six-year-old, seven-year-old boy, I was introduced to this comedy, and... What was probably the funniest movie I'd ever seen at the time. Might not actually be that funny, but nostalgia purposes, it was the greatest movie ever. I love Dirty Work. It introduced me to one of my comedy idols, Artie Lang. It, I watched it all the time. It was one of those movies that was just always on. It was always on TV. And then as I got a little older, I learned that there's this song called Dirty Work also. Most people probably assumed when they see the movie pop up on their Mm. TV guide, you know, oh, I'm about to see a movie about Steely Dan and we're horribly disappointed. I had the opposite. I said, oh, my God, there's a song about my favorite movie of all time. And I fell in love with Steely Dan. Norm MacDonald inadvertently introduced me to two of my favorite things in the world, Steely Dan and Artie Lang. And I will forever love him for that. He was your Steely Dan uh, gateway. The other thing that I I realized from uh, looking at um, some of of his best bits was that comedically he kind of always played himself but he was very good at physically turning into specific characters so there's clips of him as Tommy Lee and Burt Reynolds that I think are two of the most famous ones right right? yeah if you just take a quick glance at those as a picture it looks like 
Tommy Lee and Burt Reynolds. It genuinely <laughs> looks like them. So his thing was he could morph into the celebrity and really, really physically be, look close to them, but then would play the celebrity as if he was Norm MacDonald, right? Yeah, right. His voice absolutely never changed, but for some reason, whether it was Burt Reynolds or Tommy Lee or, or uh, uh, Bob Dole, he used right. to do as well, like he, it was always you thought it was the person they were actually genius impressions and even he you know he was always super humble with his comedy he would have been the first to be like oh no you know i just they asked me to do it and i just put my own spin on but like when every single comedian considers you one of their favorite comedians of all time you're doing something right. yeah 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 and letterman loved him and letterman's loved very him, very yeah. picky with the people that he actually Absolutely. loves right he actually so he did he used, he to, used do to do a letterman, letterman right? on snl yeah 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 no and the um the burt reynolds one so it's burt Ren- ferguson sir burt reynolds on a yeah burt reynolds on a game show i mean just i tell you this it's funny the well you the, know who he was always standing next to was uh sean connery that's where the uh, most people know sean connery of my generation is daryl hammond's impression of it right not what you know sean connery never for say with, never again. exactly right, right, right. You, are you telling me that they never did never say never again jokes when someone was playing sean connery on Absolutely snl not, no they, that, no one in the snl scriptwriters room said you know it might be funny if we make some references to never say never again and then it's appropriate to slap a woman on the ass <laughs> which is which was like sean connery said gotta give him a slap a slap. Instead, they just made him, uh, you know, do those things to Alex Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the funny thing was, was um, the day I was looking, uh, reading some of the Norm Macdonald tributes, uh, and I saw him do the Burt Reynolds thing on the game show. I actually, uh, this is a, a, an aside. Uh, it was the anniversary of, a, of the Golden Girls debuting on TV this week, and a yep. bunch of movie theaters around uh, Dallas did a Golden Girls evening. Of course I went. Of course. And um, they, the, so they just showed like five episodes of the Golden Girls. But How they many showed, times did you cry? At least twice. No, <laughs> I don't think the Golden Girls, I mean, I laughed, yeah, even though I knew they could You can cry and laugh at the same time. I just feel like it's so like the nostalgia just like overwhelmed you. They didn't show the episode where, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um... William Shatner. <laughs> was William it's always Shatner William Shatner. Um, no, uh, the guy from Saved by the Bell that's on Screech? the... Screech? No. Uh, <laughs> Lopez? Yes. Okay. If they'd have shown the episode where Mario Lopez, Mario Lopez. Is, is an illegal immigrant that they want to take in and he gets taken away by immigration, then I might have cried. I might have to start watching Golden <laughs> Girls. That sounds hilarious. Yeah, Mario Lopez is like, in a, is like a, you know, a controversial immigration episode. Oh, and, great. And, and he's like the little, uh, the little immigrant kid. But they didn't show that one. But my point being, one of the episodes they did show is when the Golden Girls get confused for hookers uh, going to a gala that's being hosted by Burt Reynolds. Anyway, the point is this. The whole show is about the fact they think they're going to meet Burt Reynolds. And at the very end of the episode, Burt Reynolds shows up at the door of the Golden Girls house because he's going to go out on a date with the old one, right? right? So he's got like one scene. But... The I saw that episode at the movie theater the same day I was reading the Norm Macdonald obituaries and, and checking out him playing Burt Reynolds. The way that Burt Reynolds, as with Norm Macdonald playing him, stood on that game show on SNL was 
pound for pound, exactly the same as Burt Reynolds, the actual Burt Reynolds at the door of the Golden Girls house. Like you literally could say, <laughs> the way he was standing, the way he chewed gum, right. the way that... Uh, it's Bert, really like, yeah, they're paying me to be here. Literally, well, 100%. <laughs> the way that Burt Reynolds spoke to the game show host on SNL was exactly the same way that Burt Reynolds spoke to the, to, to, to the Golden Girls. It did make me think, how many ex-wives did Burt Reynolds have by that point in the 1980s? <laughs> and, how, and how much was a Golden Girls walk-on worth? Because it was... <laughs> <laughs> because literally, like, the agent must have been, hey, Bert, if you're not doing Cannibal Run 45, there's a walk-on for the Golden Girls. How much? You just have to stand at the door. Like, so literally, like, all you have to do. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to take whatever role at this point. Alimony. It really did, 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 did seem that way. But anyway, to the talent of uh, Norm MacDonald, yes, based on my most recent review of Burt Reynolds, which was one scene in the Golden Girls, you nailed Burt Reynolds. And... You know, we can be proud that this is one celebrity death that you are not to be blamed for. No. You, you haven't mentioned Norman MacDonald ever on this podcast. Nothing to do with me. Yeah. Congrats. Nothing to do with me. And Burt Reynolds already dead, so we can't yeah, kill yeah. him. Well, every other celebrity death is on you still. <laughs> have you ever seen any of the... Um, they still have them now. I don't know how many uh, Burt Reynolds closets people are finding in various different houses, but every so often there's a, like an auction of Burt Reynolds clothes. They're still going on, even oh, though he's I been dead like three like years. I thought you meant like he had his own brand of closets. Like that was it. <laughs> along with acting. He was like, very big in the closet he called, industry. He called, up, he called up his agent when he was in his 70s and went, hey, I've got to pay uh, Lonnie Anderson more money. Is there any more Golden Girls? They're like, no, it finished 10 years ago. But you want to endorse some closets? <laughs> you know, I love this house, but I, it can really... Really use a, a Reynolds closet. There was a period of time where during the reruns of Columbo and Burt Reynolds movies, after the I've fallen and I can't get up adverts, Burt Reynolds would be like, imagine him doing an infomercial. It's like Burt Reynolds stepping out of the closet. He's like, hey, I'm Burt Reynolds. I just came out of the closet. Not sexually. I've now got my own brand of closets. Right, you say that, I'll punch you in the face. Yeah, although... <laughs> that was I, kind of his thing. Although my hairy chest was gay in a 70s way. <laughs> and, and the mustache. The mustache was super gay. <laughs> Imagine if that was a pitch of like, how much can we get Burt Reynolds for? Oh, he'll turn up for like a few grand. He still owes 65 ex-wives a load of money. <laughs> Why don't we play on the moustache and the hairy chest 1970s gay porn look and Burt Reynolds coming out of the closet on an infomercial, but what we're actually doing is Burt Reynolds selling closets. <laughs> it's perfect. Sell it. Bring him out of the grave. Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> but the point is, they do still have Burt Reynolds clothes auctions, and they're all like like jumpsuits from Smokey and the Bandit and I stuff like that. that. I, I've looked at a few things and been like, but where would I put it? Not only that, like, I, you know... I may not have the same physique as Burt Reynolds did, so it might, you know, my clothes might be a little snug on me. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you don't wear them, do you? You just sort oh. of like... Well, you're going to buy the clothes and not wear them? Well, you... Put... I never understood that. I don't care if it's like... Unless it's like autographed and framed. Like, I mean, it's like that's only really acceptable for jerseys also. Otherwise, throw it on. If I had the Eddie Murphy raw, like, red suit, leather suit, like, I wouldn't hang that up. I'd wear it every time I went out. You'd never get into that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I need a fat celebrity to have some cool clothes if you, already. If you were... You, maybe you need to wait for the Dom DeLuise sale. <laughs> right, that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> like if they find some Dom DeLuise outfits Perfect. next next to whatever Burt Reynolds was wearing in yeah. Cannonball Run, that's going to be more. <laughs> that's that, that's going to be more you. Right. What was that character he played in Cannonball Run? Like Captain something or other. Come on, man. <laughs> he, like he wears a he wears a mask. It's like a Lone Ranger type thing when they're doing the uh, Captain Chaos. I'm going to say if I've got this right. I'm going to be very, very proud of myself. Captain Chaos, Captain that's Chaos. the name. <laughs> I will absolutely wear the Captain Chaos suit. Now, Captain Chaos, Dom De- the, the Dom DeLuise clothes are going to fit you. Look at that. <laughs> I would look great in that yellow jumpsuit and red cape. Right. Next time I see a, a Burt Reynolds auction of some old tat that yeah, he used to wear, the send them an email and go, could you dig a bit deeper in the closet and see if there's any Dom <laughs> DeLuise stuff in there? <laughs> All right. We got a song of the week update coming. Also, uh, let's take a look at Rolling Stone's best songs ever. Is it significant that it's the first time they've updated this list in uh, almost 20 years? And uh, we might get to some uh, Ed Sheeran, Johnny Rotten, and uh, Clint Eastwood. But we probably won't have time. But no. we'll, we'll endeavor to do our best. And rest in peace, Norm. Okay, let's do part two of today's Did You America. If you want to talk to us, uh, you can do via the website. Didyouamerica.com is where you can leave us messages. Or if you want to jump on socials, if that's easier, then uh, head to uh, Ian Camfield on Twitter or uh, Camfield Off The Radio on Instagram. If you're uh, hanging out at uh, Twitter, we got a Song of the Week poll that you can get involved with. Uh, this week, I went with the new one by Mastodon, which is called Pushing the Tides. I'm going with Saving Grace by Common and Brittany Howard. New York producer choosing I Don't Want to Talk by Glass Animals. So, I Don't Want to Talk by Glass Animals, New York producer choice. Jeremy's choice, Saving Grace by Common and Brittany Howard. My choice, Pushing the Tides by Mastodon. Uh, The poll is at Ian Camfield on Twitter. And as I said, if you want to uh, reach out for anything on this podcast, uh, then uh, let us know. Uh, Do it at Ian Camfield on Twitter. Camfield off the radio on Instagram, or you can just talk to us via the website, uh, didyouamerica.com. While we're doing that, here's a funny thing. Uh, Paul sent us a message. Um, Now, you know, uh, on the last episode, I went possibly the most left of center I've ever gone on this podcast, and that's saying something, where I just randomly threw up Roger Moore's ex-wife from the 1950s who no one's ever heard of called Dorothy Squires and the fact she had a singing career. So he did he follow the homework assignment and listen? So Paul, uh, yes, did get on to Spotify and looked up I The Chosen One by Dorothy Squires, which, as I said, it's between... Dorothy Squires and uh, Ice Cube with no Vaseline right. and that comparison is only funny if you've heard a bit of Dorothy Squires but <laughs> between Dorothy Squires and Ice Cube uh, between those two songs that's the contest for the best revenge song ever right, right? Ice Cube having a go at the rest of NWA and everyone else around them for ripping him off for money and Dorothy Squires having a go at Roger Moore, whom she took in as a younger man and married when he wasn't famous and then was very displeased when he fucked off as soon as he was famous. Very similar situations, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, Paul did uh, did a little search and said, I tried to look up that Dorothy Squires track and be damned if everything doesn't always circle back to Maiden. And I've got no idea, like, it's literally like we're in the algorithms of Spotify somehow, because you, I, it surprised me that I, the chosen one by Dorothy Squires, is available on Spotify. Right. So you can check it out. Somehow, one of the suggestions 
And this isn't me, because obviously Maiden are all over my Spotify. This is one of our listeners, Paul. One of the suggestions that came up off the back of, if you like, either chosen one by Dorothy Squires is, you may also like The Fallen Angel by Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> the only thing I can assume is that this is a gaping hole in my Maiden knowledge, and Iron Maiden once wrote a song about Dorothy Squires right. called The Fallen Angel. What you don't know is that Dorothy Squires' song is actually 15 minutes long. <laughs> Can you imagine the, uh, it's from like an album from 20 years ago in the, the songwriting session with Iron Maiden, uh, like the rest of them are coming in and going like, all right, so I've got this song about the devil. I've got this song about a battle of heaven and hell. I've got this great song about world war one. And Steve Harris, who's the leader of the band is sitting there going, all right. Yeah. All right. Like war demons, that kind of stuff. We're done. Do you know about Dorothy Squires? <laughs> Perfect. Lay it down. <laughs> that would be so good. But yeah, Paul, I appreciate it. You went for Dorothy Squires and you ended up with Maiden. I mean, what a... That's how you know he's a dedicated listener. <laughs> it really is. We're changing people's algorithms one by one. <laughs> Take that, Google. All right, talking of uh, music. So Rolling Stone have updated their greatest songs of all time list. And uh, I feel like people just shit out uh, these kind of lists all the time. But I guess it's notable because, you know, Rolling Stone is a tome of some note. And this is the first time they've updated this list in 17 years. Um, I'm looking at the top 20 of the greatest songs of all time. And I've got to say, um, while none of these songs would necessarily be in my list of greatest songs of all time, broadly speaking, I don't have a problem with them appearing on this list. Like some people say, like I've got a friend called Haley, and her favorite band of all time is Blink-182. Okay. And nothing against Blink-182, but I'm firmly of the opinion that Blink-182 should not be anyone's favorite band of all time. Like <laughs> Not even Travis Barker. Members of Blink-182, if they meet someone and someone goes, oh, you're my favorite band of all time, I feel like Mark Hoppers would go, you could do better. Even Kourtney Kardashian's like, I kind of prefer Angels and Airwaves. <laughs> Right, exactly. So there are certain things where people go like, this is my favorite band of all time or this is the best song of all time. And I'll say, I don't agree, but that is a that is a valid choice. Right. And that is where I am with most of this list. They're claiming that Respect by Aretha Franklin's the best song ever. All right, I don't... I don't. I could see that. Fight the Power by Public Enemy, A Change is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Um, that, like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan, you're being a bit predictable there. I was going to say, I expected the number one song to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone. The, what is it? Is it Dr. Dr. Hook? I think, yeah, the, on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Is that Dr. Hook? It's, uh, let me look Is it, it called, but isn't that a lyric as opposed to a the is song title? Is that not the song? I thought that was the song title. All I know, is The cover of Rolling Stone. Oh, okay. By Dr. Hook in the Medicine Show. Uh, yeah, but the again, right, that would be an example where Dr. Hook should not be in anyone's favorite list ever. <laughs> well, I you mean, would even, think it's Rolling even, Stone. Even, even when they so poetically summed up, uh, uh, you know, a typical relationship with the line, when you're in love with a beautiful woman, you know it's hard. <laughs> that, that was Dr. Hook, right? Right. right? I, I have a... I want to know about this list, like what was because they said they updated. They were, you know, this isn't a new list. This they is went, an update. Th they went to so-called experts. What was the previous like top five songs? Does it say that anywhere? Um, I 
don't see that. Because I can imagine like... But most of these songs in this list are more than 17 years old. So I don't know how much the the list has changed. Let me throw out... You can Google the list and see, you know, the other stuff that's in it. Because it's got stuff like Gimme Shell, A Waterloo Sunset, Sunset, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to give you the ones that I've got issues with. Okay. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. That's literally only on there because of the pothead skateboard dude. Stop chasing TikTok. Rolling like, Stone. Like, there's so many better Fleetwood, off, right. Fleetwood Mac options. No problem with Fleetwood Mac being in the top 20. They're one of the best bands ever. But Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Like, if you went to Fleetwood Mac and said, I'm choosing Dreams, Stevie Nicks would say, do you know how much coke was being blown up my ass when we made that song? Honestly, I've done better. <laughs> you can go your own way, help a mentally handicapped man run across the United States. Like, if they really wanted to be subversive with Fleetwood Mac, they should have thrown in some of the original Peter Green stuff, just for the sake <laughs> right. of it, right? Be or obscure. Gone, or gone obvious and gone the chain, right? Yeah, or like, for or, sure. Or, or even, even, like... Gone for that latter day, but still great pop stuff from Tango in the Night, like Chosen Everywhere or something like that. But Dreams, just because some TikToker smoked some dope and rode around on a skateboard, like, nah, I'm, I'm not having that. And also, I'm not having Dancing on My Own by Robin. What the fuck is that? Wait, I, I actually don't even know. I know it's like an 80s pop song, is but it? off the top of my... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's when Robin came from. Maybe 90s? I thought Robin was 80s. But I but out of all of the 80s pop, that was the best they could do. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. There's there's no way that song was on the initial It's almost like they they tried to they tried to woke up their list a little bit. Do you think- all right, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be the one that calls it out. They definitely tried to woke up the list. Respect, great choice. Fight the Power, incredible song. Is it the they have that in number two? Is it the greatest rap song of all time? No, that's clearly no, no Vaseline. Exactly. By <laughs> Imagine if that suddenly was not, number to have, two. To not have. A, Pick anything from Tupac or Biggie. That would make so much more sense. But I understand what they're trying to do. The Sam Cooke song, Sam Cooke's great. Off the top of my head, sing that song. Um, you couldn't do it. No. You don't know the song. No. That was the number three well, greatest song. song but right, I know yeah. no, I'm saying like the top 10 songs of all time, the entire world should know word for word. I get it's not a part of how is Hey Jude not bigger than Strawberry Fields Forever? Well, Strawberry Fields Forever is the better song. But um, it's this is the greatest song of all time. You have to take cultural impact into account there. It's yeah, not just but, like but, but, what well, you well, fancy. No, 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 I agree with that. Because if we're going to update the cultural impact of Hey Jude in 2021, it's a very old Paul McCartney. Right. Always putting it in the set for the sing-along. And it now makes me go, oh, for God's sake. I get it. it. But th- it's there's a reason why it's in that position now a few of these smells well, like it's not in that position Strawberry uh, no, I'm, fills. I'm saying it, that's why it's in the position that position of his set where everyone's gonna sing along to it i feel it. like no because i feel like the modern day reaction for hey jude now is people groaning as much as Paul oh you're so wrong yes, there's no really? way if you go to a concert 90 percent of that concert is singing along with them 10 percent might be like we're over it going down the list a little bit more smells like teen spirit great what's going on great get your freak on by missy elliott now 
Great song, nostalgia filled for me, comes from the era I'm coming up again. If you're gonna pick that as the greatest hip hop song from the early 2000s, you your list should no longer exist. And the last, the last <laughs> one I'm canceled. I've canceled Rolling Stones. I'm no longer subscribing. You've canceled Rolling Stone because of Missy Elliott. You racist. The only, the last thing I'm gonna say is the number ten song. While I agree, Outcast is. Possibly the greatest rap duo in the history of the genre and absolutely should have one of their songs at least in the top 50 mm. to put Hey Ya, which is possibly the group's worst popular song of all time at number 10 is Criminal. Have you never heard Spodioti Dopalicious? No, have actually. Have you never heard Southern Playlist of Cadillac music? I think I have heard that one. Have you heard AT Aliens? Yeah, but hang on a minute. See, aren't you Hey Juding Up Outcast by making that Those point? Those are hits just as much no, as Hey No, they're, they're not. not. I know. Right. <laughs> you, so you, you're saying. disputing Strawberry Fills Forever versus um, okay, but Hey Jude, Beals, but, you, but you've you're, got a problem you're, with Hey Ya. I'm saying that Hey Jude is still a good song. While you're sick of it, while you've heard it a million times, it's still a great song. Hey Ya on day one was not a good song. Okay. Well, now I have to throw out what I think is the best song ever, and people frown at- The Thong Song by Cisco. <laughs> the Bad Touch Moving by the on. Blood Owl Gang. There's just, there's just something about sweat, it. baby, sweat. <laughs> as soon as it got- bum, bum, right. bum, 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 bum. I might even throw Who Let the Dogs Out, Baja Man. <laughs> <laughs> These are all great choices, but what's the real number one song? So the real number one song, and people kind of uh, if shape... If you say Iron Maiden, I'm going to be so mad. No. Okay. People, they're in the top 10 of my choices, <laughs> but no, not number one. Um, people people shame me uh, for this, right? But I, I defend myself by saying this just reflects upon how difficult it was to hear any kind of rock on the radio in Shitsville when I was growing up. Like, right. it blows people's minds in America that up until the last few years, the UK never had any rock stations, right? They had pop stations and they had EDM stations. You know, America had spent five decades getting the lead out and Led Zeppelin were literally never played on the radio in Shitsville. Wow. The, the, the amount of rock that was on the radio was one of the first things that made me want to move to America. So let me tell you this. I was so deprived of rock on the radio in the UK like songs that people who don't even like rock music are just familiar with in America because they're part of the culture. The first time I heard Come Sail Away, oh. I was not aware that there was a band called Styx that made Come Sail Away. I genuinely thought it was an original by Cartman because he sings. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why I love the song too and I have to sing the entire thing he, the moment it starts. I heard it in the South Park movie <laughs> and I genuinely, genuinely thought to myself, fuck, this is a really good song. They're like The South Park guys are not only funny, they can write actual good songs. And I, and, and I, was, and I started saying to people, do you know, because you know, because they, because you remember the chocolate salty balls was course, Isaac Hayes, yes, right? Yeah, of course. So I knew that they had an actual artist in uh -huh. South Park, right? And I just thought and to they've had been had success in musicals and whatnot. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, like maybe Isaac Hayes, because he was alive back then, gave him a hand writing this song called "Come Sail Away," <laughs> and that what you know. And I, and I even remember, I genuinely said to someone one day, you know. 
if Come Sail Away was actually sung by a singer rather than Cartman, like it, I, this was, these were genuine conversations. So I the had. first time you heard the song, it was like, yeah, 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 you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm, what a great cover. I'm literally like, well, that was, I didn't know it was a cover. That was the th- <laughs> No, I'm, I'm saying when you heard the, the real version. So, so that, so I had, because in, in Shitsville, this is how bad it is in Shitsville. I knew of Sticks and the, I literally thought the only song Sticks ever made was Babe. That was the only, <laughs> one that ever got played right the only one that ever I mean, got like, played sticks isn't exactly hard but no, no, the no, softest but song of all time i'll give you another example i'll give you another example i didn't know who cheap trick was i i i now i didn't think that this was an original but i saw one of the girls in dawson's creek singing i want you to want me and oh i was God. like i wonder who did that originally See, and that's... then i found like surrender and dream police <laughs> and this is pre-spotify and songs just streaming the struggle was real yeah to get rock how like it's almost child abuse that as a teenager i thought that come say the way was an original I'll by Cartman. i literally was i was in the movie theater thinking to myself fucking hell good on isaac hayes he could have sung this himself he clearly wrote it and let them sing it as Cartman. like i i literally believe that was an original so that gives you some perspective on the struggle for rock right. in shitsville therefore you have to understand that when I tell you my favorite song... Oh, in- it's a, I thought you were saying your favorite song of all time was Come Sail Away no, by Cartman. I'm giving you the perspective of... Because whenever I tell an American what my favorite song of all time is, they just go, oh, really? But it's because in a proper country, you've been so overexposed to it. Right, okay. So that's why. Now I've gone down this Cartman Avenue. Uh, we're going to circle back now. And maybe you'll be less inclined to go, oh, really? Well, I tell you that m- the best song ever is Freebird. Ugh. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to finish it. Folks, this is the end. The podcast is over. I can't do it anymore. Because you hear it all the time. I For that, but that's the whole reason you don't like Hey Jude. Yeah, but all of the, the Leonard Skinner had the good decency to die, so you can't see it. So I don't, I don't like Hey Jude because I don't want to see an eighty-year-old man sitting down at the Look, piano to sing it badly anymore. I agree. Freebird is one of those songs that should absolutely be on the top ten of this list. If if your song forty years later is eight minutes and still can be sung word for word by the whole world you're well, in the top the whole 10 world, england the right yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole world is america sir okay oh, yeah, you forget, yeah, yeah. remember where you are right, right i was gonna say i didn't couldn't believe that you didn't know who cheap trick was because they the way they got famous was from the live album which was live at budokan yeah, which yeah, i think yeah, is yeah. what japan or china japan. some asian country and i now immediately you'll be, hang on a minute we suddenly gone very redneck <laughs> this podcast has suddenly got very redneck you know when I I, you, like you, you know when i mentioned earlier that we might be getting a morning show it's not it's in no alabama longer. it's not in alabama jeremy like you <laughs> i just figured because that album was so popular not in america that you know you would have heard it because you grew up not in america no no, no. If you're not America, it's there's two parts of the world. There's America, there's everybody else. Right. Well, coming from the everybody else area, I was aware that the girl in Dawson's Creek was probably singing a cover. Yeah, right. But I didn't know I Want You to Want Me until it was sung in Dawson's Creek. But at least I was like, I, I, I figured out, and then I discovered Cheap Trick and I discovered all that. 
the 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 Cartman thing is more notable because I went a considerable amount of time believing that Come Sail Away was a South Park original. Imagine him singing Freebird. <laughs> I'm surprised there isn't an episode at some point where Freebird hasn't come up. In, I'm sure it has in um, <laughs> in um, in uh, South Park. But yeah, so. I say Freebird, and um, here everyone frowns at it. Like they, they, I get that me saying my favorite song of all time is Freebird gets the same kind of reaction as when I let people know I still have an AOL email address. Like it's that kind of like, oh my the god. The reason why it throws people off is everything about you is so obscure, and that's I mean, like as great of a song as it is, it's one of the most mainstream rock songs of all time. But from where I come from, it's no, not. No. I get it. I get it. But you know. I was expecting, you know, Iron Maiden, The Parchment, or even even if you threw a Steely Dan in there, oh, it would have been acceptable. They're in there. A little bit of my the old school, get it in. Uh, no, no, Dirty Work is in is, okay. is, is in the, is in the top ten. I do go obscure with, so we get a bit more. Basically, my top five, if you were going to play, is a good five-hour radio show. Um, right. That, so they do get slightly more obscure. So, well, actually not. So number two is not more obscure. The second, My second favorite song is Wichita Lyman by Glenn Campbell. Right? Okay. That's decent. Then we're getting into the more like like huh so number three i love alice's restaurant by arlo guthrie the song about definitely thanksgiving. do not know that one so that's a song about thanksgiving it lasts 20 minutes have you never heard that radio no. stations play it on thanksgiving oh now who's teaching you about america well, i'm sorry i'm not listening to radio on thanksgiving i'm eating delicious turkey and they play it and on, watching the cowboys on classic rock stations four times during the day on thanksgiving because they, it's supposed to go along with yes they, they do. don't play it yes, on fox four while the cowboys are playing I bet if you went to Jerry Jones and said, do you know Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie? Of course he does. He's a hundred. Well, anyway... Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. And my fu- you can Google. People listening to this podcast will know Alice's Restaurant no, by Arlo. No, they won't. Just like the other lady. They're not going to know who she is, who he is. No, Dorothy Squires was like beyond the pale obscure. <laughs> I told you, I was, getting Doris- I was getting my inner Dorothy Squires out before we start this morning show. And I've got to deal with a consultant who's like, you can't talk about some random woman Roger Moore was married to in the 1950s. So now no you're talking about knows- some random guy that made a song about Thanksgiving. No, we're pe- never gonna get a job. People know about Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. Yeah, being- Jerry Jones, who's a hundred. Loads of people know about Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. I'll tell you a quick Alice's Restaurant aside by Arlo Guthrie. It's the he's Woody Guthrie's son. Do you know who Woody Guthrie is? Ar- okay, so Arlo's Alice's Restaurant Massacre is what Massacre. I'm saying. Mass- what? Yeah. What's the difference? Just that's What's what, a massacre? That's, that's Are people not murdered in a massacre? No one gets murdered in the song. Oh, well, that's no fun. It's a 20-minute song from the 60s. Yeah, 67, ab- ab- okay. About, about someone who manages to avoid the drop. It's another talking song. What is your obsession it with talking, talking songs? Song. It is a talking Why do you song. Like, this is now two weeks ago. All right, you gave us the Dorothy Squire song. song. Last week, your song of the week choice was William, William Shatner talking song. What is your problem, man? Why don't you like singing? You know what it is? Is I have this theory if that- If William Shatner did a cover of Freebird, I'd explode. All English singers, the reason why they become famous in America is because they don't sing in an English accent. You you like the spoken one because you want them to know, hey, those motherfuckers are from Shitsville. 
keep it that way. Maybe. I, I'm telling you that, yeah, the Dorothy Squires thing was way out there. A lot of people know Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. It gets played on Thanksgiving. There was, I don't know if they still do it every year, but there was one year where over Thanksgiving weekend, Sirius had a channel that just played Alice's Restaurant on repeat for the what? four, for the four, I'm telling you, for the four days. As an aside... On, uh, so the story of Alice's Restaurant is about a guy who gets drafted for Vietnam, but they won't let him go fight in the war because he's got a criminal record because he got busted for littering. That's basically the kind of anti- That's not even a thing. It's a 20-minute story. They would have the let litterers into Vietnam all the time. No, they don't. That's a true story. They don't They don't let him go because he gets busted for he got busted for littering. Anyway, the, and, it, and, it, and it actually happened. There's a, pla- there's a place... In, uh, it happened, took place in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, right? And there is where, so this is in the late sixties. There is a, um, a, uh, a, a cafe now. It's not called Alice's restaurant, but, um, but it's still a cafe, right? Where Alice's restaurant used to be in the sixties. And their menu has got pizzas named after people in the Alice's restaurant song. It won't surprise you that I've been to that cafe and I stole a menu. Wait, so everything in the song is a real story? It's one story. Well, two stories. I don't like this song. You haven't listened to it. I don't need to. You've apparently avoided 29 Thanksgivings where it's played on the radio nonstop. I told you, I'm more focused on the food and football. Anyway, so that's my that's the third best song of all time, Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. And I'll tell you one other quick Alice's Restaurant aside. No, despite the fact you think no one in America knows this song, I'm telling you they do. No one in England knows Alice's Restaurant, well, right? Yeah, because you guys don't have Thanksgiving. Right, that's true. One time during my life when I was in Shitsville, Arlo Guthrie did a short UK tour, right? So, of course, I went. He hadn't been in the UK in like 30 years. Uh, This was like the only tour. So I went and I bought tickets and I go there and that's like his one song. And I stood through like 90 minutes of his fucking shit, right? And then he goes off and he's coming back for the encore. I'm like, this, I've come for the, right? I've spent like, I don't know, 20 pounds on a ticket for like, was 20, where's 20 minutes? So one pound per minute, right? right, For the song. Comes back for the encore in England, right? And starts by going, so. I know a lot of people here tonight have come to hear uh, one particular song, but I got to tell you that I wrote that song 30 years ago, and I only had one album at that time, and in 30 years since, I've released like another 12 albums. I'm like, I don't know, like, don't like where this is going, you asshole. And he does this like rambling, you know, and there's the shows are only so long, and I'm older, and I can't perform for the night. Anyway, the conclusion was, so anyway, if you want to hear that one 20-minute song, it's on record. And then he played some other shit and finished and didn't play Alice's Restaurant. <laughs> that was one rare time where America really let me down. The only thing that would have been worse is he just changed the lyrics to Boxing Day. <laughs> So I was going to say my top three isn't obscure, but apparently according to you, obscure, my third yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's weird. Is You're a weird a, person. Is there a forum on this? What's, uh, why don't you like three-minute songs? Uh, well, Wichita Lime is a three-minute song. All right, there you go. Yeah, yeah, but the other, if you Sandwich get... Sandwich in between an eight and an 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good good time spent yeah. listening to my top three. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, we'll get to Clint Eastwood and Ed Sheeran on another episode because I feel like we've done enough for today and Jeremy's got some homework. He needs to listen to Alice's Restaurant right. taking take the story. I have 18 minutes. I was tempted to go home and burn my my menu from that restaurant that's not even... I was like... Oh, I'll go home and burn something. Arlo Guthrie... I went to Boston and drove three hours outside of Maine, Boston to go to Stockbridge, Massachusetts, purely to have lunch at a restaurant that's not even called Alice's Restaurant anymore, just because I knew they had pizzas named after people in the song and I wanted to steal a menu. That was quite some expedition. And yet you travel to England to do your one tour in 30 years and you can't even play the song. I mean, why is he? uh, Never mind. It's not. It's only a song for Americans. You were the only person in that audience that wanted to hear it that night. Everyone else would have been so confused. We would be like, "What's Thanksgiving? What are they thinking? What are they giving? What's turkey?" I'm guessing they don't have turkey anywhere outside of America. You know, Alice's Restaurant is such a great song. It is genuinely one rare example where there was a movie made about the song. What? It's a terrible movie because Arlo Guthrie's in it and he can't act. But genu- genuinely, they ma- there's a movie called Alice's Restaurant and it's made about the song. It's That's not exactly how- The Wall. No. Because that's deep, and this is literally about someone who can't go fight in Vietnam and doesn't want to anyway because he got busted for littering. Usually people love Vietnam movies. You put a Rolling Stone song in there, you're good. Well, that was the problem. They put Alice's Restaurant in. <laughs> I mean, the, so- the song is almost as long as the movie. <laughs> but again, uh, the, 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 find me an- is there another example? Another example of a movie that was made about a song. It's always the other it's- way around. No, yeah, I was going to say... Uh... Well, you could do like rock opera Tommy, but that doesn't count. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. No. So that one song, and someone made a whole movie about it. There, yeah, are, I think that's I, the only. You know what? I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alice's Restaurant yeah. is a top ten song. And all I got through, you, Take did, that wrong you song. didn't fucking play it outrageous alright if you want to get in touch digiamerica.com is where you can go if you want to go to the website for this show you can buy one of our t-shirts there if you feel so inclined how great are our t-shirts Jeremy? they feel so good on your nipples also Yellow Submarine a movie based on the song shit song though. <laughs> shit movie shit, also shit song you, yeah well yeah yeah, at least with Alice's Restaurant, only the movie was shit. I did Google movies made about songs, and Alice's Restaurant See, is on the list. Because so. it gets played. How long is it till Thanksgiving? I'm telling you that I guarantee <laughs> you there will be a radio. In fact, in fact, I will tell you this. I will say this. When I came to the great state of Texas to have meetings about the job that moved me here, um, it was uh, we were talking like October time right. a couple of years ago, whenever it was. And genuinely, I'm not making this up. I said to the VP of operations who was who was chatting to me about, you know, we, what do you think about moving to Dallas? When he said, have you got any other questions? Because it was November time. I said, yeah. Is there an Alice's restaurant station in this market? And he went, <laughs> what? And I went, if there ain't a station that plays Alice's restaurant on Thanksgiving every year, at least three times during that Thursday, I'm not coming. And he went, this might be the bizarrest as any other question, like, bit of an interview I've ever had. Yet somehow we have three. (laughs) There is an Alice's Restaurant star. I would never have moved here if there wasn't. All right. Are we done now? I think we're done.